You're listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. episode of I Love Old Time Radio. Welcome Old Time Radio fans, I'm your host, Virtual Vinny. Before we dive into our show this evening, I want to present a brief introduction on why I started this podcast. I have always loved theater of the mind, but I'm of a generation of television. But when I discovered audio dramatizations, I was hooked and I still am today. Fortunately, I'm not alone in this love, and modern productions from the likes of Big Finish, Imagination Theater, and others keep this love in full bloom. The tireless efforts of those of the old-time radio researchers group and others like them preserve this wonderful piece of our history, as do many podcasters out there broadcasting these fine shows. So yes, I am aware that there are many other podcasts out there who also play some of these very same shows. In fact... I'm a regular listener to such podcasts like The Great Detectives of Old Time Radio by Adam Graham and encourage you to give them a listen if you don't find my style of presenting or the shows I've chosen to your liking. In this podcast, I'm going to present the shows that I enjoy. Some will be crime finders, comedies, detectives, adventure, science fiction, and such. Each day, we will present a different show that will continue the following week. We will play shows in the order that they air to the best of our ability. We will do our best to only play shows that are in the public domain in the entirety of the broadcast we have. However, I worked in radio for many years and may attempt to clean some of these files up so they're easier to listen to. This podcast is not just about me playing only my favorites, but discovering new favorites. And if you have any recommendations, please submit them to our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com. Well, I think this intro has gone on long enough, so let's present you with our first series. The Shadow was the first old-time radio program I ever listened to as I found a collection of cassette tapes at a garage sale as a kid. The Shadow came to the airwaves as a narrator in July of 1930 on the Detective Story Magazine Hour, but was canceled after only 52 episodes. He returned to the airwaves between 1932 and 1934 to narrate other crime programs and some of his own shows on the Blue Coal Mystery Review. Our episodes began when the Mutual Broadcasting System Network and sponsor Blue Coal produced the first show that gave The Shadow a central role. Almost exactly 81 years after its broadcast on September 26, 1937, this is episode 87, The Death House Rescue. The Shadow, a man of mystery who strikes terror in the very souls of sharpsters, lawbreakers, and criminals. All signs point to a severe winter. Be prepared. If you want to be sure of even, dependable, healthful heat in any kind of weather, insist on blue coal. 
America's finest anthracite mined from the fields of northern Pennsylvania. The coal that has colored a harmless blue at the mines for your protection. Sit down. I told Albold to serve our coffee here in the library. I should rather go on the terrace. No, I prefer it here. Then let me see you smile. That frown is most unbecoming. Lamont, give it up. Give what up, my dear? Drinking coffee? I'm serious, Lamont Cranston. When I foolishly let you know that... Do you remember what you said? It will be exactly five years next week. But there's still so much to do, Margot. Well, then let somebody else do it. Don't you realize that you can't keep on like this forever? Someone's certain to identify you, and when that someone does, someone else is certain to kill you. Perhaps, but until they do... Oh, darling, stop frowning. I don't mean necessarily to give up your work, Lamont, but this other... Let the shadow just disappear and, and come out openly. Join the organized forces of law and police. Won't you realize, Margot, that my entire usefulness to the organized forces of law and police lies in my remaining outside those forces, in remaining always the shadow... Would they approve my methods? Would they believe in my science? You would make them believe. You could make them approve. And in doing so, reveal my secrets, my knowledge. Reveal them and eventually let them fall into the hands of organized crime. <laughs> no, Margot. No one must ever know. No one but you. Why do you think I've devoted countless hours to investigating electrical and chemical phenomena? Why do you think I went to India, to, to Egypt, to China? What do you think I studied in London, Paris, and Vienna? Except to learn the old mysteries that modern science has not yet rediscovered. The natural magic modern psychology is beginning to understand. And, well, magic that wouldn't seem so natural. I studied and learned for a purpose, my dear. All right, Lamont, I, I realize all that. But now, now the entire underworld has but one objective. To erase the shadow. And to me, that means... Until they know what the shadow is and who he is, what can they do? Stop and think how many criminals are either dead or in prison because of our activities. Why, even now, tonight, as we sit quietly here, somewhere, an innocent human being may be in desperate trouble. Somewhere, perhaps, there is a problem that can never be solved. Except... By the shadow. What did the doctor say, Grace? It was good news and, and bad, too, I'm afraid, dear. Well, whatever it was, dear, tell me. Well, he said the baby could be perfectly well again within a year. Oh, thank God for that. Poor kid. She's had a tough time. Well, what else? Well, this part isn't so good, Paul. She'll need treatments during all that time. Paul, treatments cost money. I know. 
Well, we'll have to manage somehow. You didn't do a very good job marrying me, dear. Darling, if I could only get a job. I've got my health and I've got brains. But no one seems to want them. Oh, they will, dear. They've got to. You're right about that. We're just about down to rock bottom. I've raised every cent I can on the house and car. There isn't anything left. You and I are still left, Paul. And we've got to take care of Sally. She's our daughter, Paul, and she's got to have her chance. She's going to have it. Somehow. Tomorrow I'll start out and take anything I can get. Darling, perhaps tomorrow things will break for us. Yes. If only they don't break the wrong way. Excuse me, but are you the boss here? That's right. I'm looking for a job. Nothing doing, buddy. I'll do anything. Wait on table, wash dishes, anything at all. I don't need any more help. Well, how about delivering things? I've got a car. Nope, I don't deliver nothing. Sorry, I don't need you. I see. All right. Thanks. Hey. Hey, you. What? You calling to me? Yeah, sit down. Have a beer. No, thanks. I, I don't drink. Anyhow, sit down. I meet a friend of mine named Lefty. My name's Red. <laughs> Look at my hair and you'll know why. Well, I'm glad to meet you both. Gordon's my name, Paul Gordon. Well, did, do you want to talk to me about something? We might. Might be able to help you out. Sounds like you're looking for a job. You bet I am. I need one. You know anybody that could use me? Maybe. We don't know you yet. So far as that goes, I don't know you either. So you read the guy smart. Yeah, maybe too smart. Now look here, Mr. Gordon. We need a car, and we need somebody to drive it for us. You understand? Well, I've got a car, and I can drive. Is it a good car? Has it got speed? I'll guarantee you up to 80. That's not bad. It's not bad. Now listen, kid. How about meeting us tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock? All right. Where? Well, let's see. Uh, we're going to... Um... I got it. Right in front of the Uptown Bank. We gotta go there first to cash a check. Well, how about five dollars a day? That's so. But you'll remember, be there at nine o'clock, or you don't get no job. Uh, don't worry, I'll be there. I'll be there at eight o'clock. Hey, buddy, you can't keep this car in front of the bank all day. I just see that sign, no parking. I'm not parking, officer. I'm waiting for a couple of men. I'm working for them. Oh. Hey, what's that? That sounds like shots in the bank. Hey, there. You got him, Lefty. Here he is with the car. Come on, you start that bus car. Step on it, fella. Hey, but you can't do that. Go on, I will shoot. Let him have it, Red. Hold him off. I'll hold him. We should never have shot that cop. Can't you get no more speed out of this car, fella? She's doing all she can. Shoot at that tires, Red. I missed him. Try the windshield. Say, let me out of this. Take the car. They'll think I'm in with you. That's just what we're figuring on. Now, here comes the curve. After you make that stop. Get ready, Red. I'm ready. I'm just leaving the evidence. Put it under the seat cushion. All right. Okay, goodbye, Gordon. Thanks for the... Hey, hey, wait, you guys. Don't leave me like this. They'll think I did it. Hey, come on back, will you? Okay. Up with your hands. Come on, get him up. All right, officer. I, I haven't got a gun. I wasn't in this. They made me drive the car. Yeah, keep your hands up just the same. 
Fulfill the car, Charlie. Okay, Sarge. Now, fella, you might as well come clean on this. I haven't done anything. I tell you, I'm innocent. Hey, Sarge, I got it. Under the rear seat cushion, a bag full of bills and a gun. That's the gun that bumped off my buddy, Louie. And you say you're innocent. Yes, I am. Well, it'll take more than saying so to keep you out of the electric chair. $1,000 in cash. Huh? That's for you and Sally. A thousand? <clears throat> Who was it sent this to me? Well, that I can't tell you. But the message with it is not to lose hope. Oh, but there is hope for Paul, then. The man who sent this to you never fails. Who is he? Well, that I can't tell you. But, Miss Lane, you know him. Sometimes I wonder whether I do. I love him. But I wonder whether I know him. What do you mean? It's hard to tell whether I really know the man or only his shadow. Well, Lefty, tonight the fall guy goes to the chair. That's what he gets for being a sucker. Yeah, there's not a clue that even points our way. Not even a print. We had gloves on all the time. You had yours off for a minute when you were sitting next to him. Yeah, but uh, I didn't touch the wheel. Then we ain't left a clue. You think so? Who said that? You, Lefty? No, I, I thought it was you. It was I. You cannot see me. Who are you? And where are you? I am here in the room. In the shadow. You have pinned your crime on an innocent man. He shall not suffer. But you will. I don't know who you are, where you are, but you're bluffing anyway. You got no evidence. We didn't leave a clue. You did leave a clue. A clue that will send you to the chair. Where was it? Where was it? You're lying. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to believe that? Keep thinking about it. Keep thinking about 
the clue that you forgot. <laughs> I am going to him now. We can still save him. Stand by for orders. In a few moments, we will return to the shadow. But before we do, let me stress this one fact. For home heating, anthracite is best. And America's finest anthracite is blue coal. Anthracite is the healthful fuel. It gives steady, uniform heat that helps prevent colds and cuts down doctor's bills. For with anthracite, there is no quick chilling of the house, such as you get with fuels of the on and off type, or with quick burning fuels that flare up and burn out. Bear in mind that heating plants in this part of the country were especially designed to burn anthracite. So before that cold snap catches you unaware, call your local blue coal dealer. You'll find his name listed in the where to buy it section of your classified directory under the words Blue Coal. Call him tomorrow and order a supply of America's finest anthracite. What? Have you, have you got any word from the governor? I'm sorry, Gordon. The governor refuses to take any action. Thank you. I've got to go. Tonight? At 11 o'clock. What, what time is it now? Almost 10. Is there anything I can do for you? No. Thank you, Walter. Very well. These guards will move you to another cell. I'll be back in a little while. Ready, Gordon? Yes, guy. We're just going to move you to another cell. <laughs> what does it matter? The one you're going to is nearer. <laughs> nearer to the chair, is that it? <laughs> uh, all right. Let's go. All right, Gordon. Walk the left. We'll be right here behind you. Lock the door into this preparation chamber, Pete. Okay. Just a second. All right. Go on through, Gordon. Watch him, Pete. I'll shut the door. What's the use of all this trouble? What chance have I got now? I'm afraid you haven't got much, fella. Uh, I wouldn't say that. What do you mean? Holy smokes. Look behind you. Where? There. Oh. Too bad. I hated to do that, but... There wasn't any other way, and he'll only be out for a while. Now, Gordon, listen to me. Hey, where are you? I can't see you anymore. Where have you gone? Back into the shadow. Now, Gordon, we haven't much time. Listen to me. No crime is perfect. There's always somewhere a loose end. The only reason that all crimes aren't solved is because there's some one fact that someone knows and doesn't tell. And sometimes they don't tell 
because they don't know that they know. I told everything I know in court. They wouldn't believe me then. Because you couldn't prove what you said. We are going after the proof now. You and I. How? I'm going to think with your mind. I don't know what you mean. Don't try to understand. Just do as I tell you. I want you to concentrate, Gordon. Fix your mind on everything that happened that day. Make mental pictures. I'll see what you see. I'll try now. No. No, Gordon. Stop thinking about your wife and baby. How did you know I was thinking about that? I saw it. In your mind. I see in my mind the pictures you create in yours. Oh, like television? Yes, or like mental telepathy or mind reading, hypnotism, whatever you choose. There's no time to talk. Stop talking. Think. I will. I will. I'm thinking now. The picture is getting clearer. That's better. Go on. The restaurant. The bar. Gordon, stop thinking about the electric chair. It blurs the picture. I'll try. I'll try. Ah. That's better. The car. In front of the bank. Yes. I see it. The policeman. The crowd. Yes. Wait a minute. The small man with red hair. He was the one you called Red. Yes. Yes. I see him. Crooked nose. Short. Glasses. I know that man. He's Red Sloan. I... I... It's hard to see. I know. Think for your life. Try hard. Yes. You started the car. The other, Lefty, was in front with you. Lefty. Lefty. See him for me, Gordon. Ah, yes. A scar on his left cheek. Why didn't you mention that in court? I... I forgot. Never mind. Concentrate. Yes. Yes. Lefty couldn't keep you covered with a gun and look back at the same time. What did he do? He reached up and twisted the rear view mirror. Now we've got it. That's the loose end. That's where his thumbprint will be. Gordon, now I can save you. You've told the truth. You didn't know you knew. You're a fool for coming in here again. This is the place we picked up that kid that's burning tonight. What do you want to come in here for? This is as good a place as any, ain't it? Hey, telephone for you, Lefty. Telephone? Yeah. Maybe you never heard of it, but it's a great invention. But nobody knows I'm here. Well, somebody knows because they're waiting on the phone for you. It's over there on the wall. Okay. Don't be too long, Lefty. Hello? Hey, <laughs> what are you laughing at? Who is this? Lefty. 
Did you ever hear of the shadow? Yeah. Say, what is this? Too bad about young Gordon. Isn't it, Lefty? What do you know about that? The shadow knows. Who are you? What do you want? I want justice. Justice for Paul Gordon, Lefty. And I'm going to get it. But you ain't got no evidence. No. Perhaps there are some fingerprints, Lefty. Oh, no. We had gloves on. There couldn't be no fingerprints. Did you have gloves on all the time? Yeah, sure. I did. You're left-handed. Now listen carefully, Lefty. When you were sitting in the front seat of Gordon's car, your gun was in your left hand. Remember? Say, you ain't nobody. I, it's just... Say... How do you know? What did you do with your right hand? My right hand? You took off your right glove, didn't you? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, gosh, I'm going nuts. And you couldn't see the car that was chasing you because the angle of the rearview mirror was adjusted for the driver and you weren't driving, so... Do you remember what you did? No, no, I didn't. I didn't take it off. Are you sure you didn't reach up with your bare right hand and turn that rearview mirror? Are you sure, Lefty? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Maybe I did. But... If the police find that fingerprint, you'll burn, Lefty. Just the way young Gordon's going to burn tonight. Goodbye, Lefty. <laughs> Wait a minute. He hung up. No. No. I won't burn. Hey, Red. Red. Yeah, it's Sidney Gab long enough. Say, who was the guy? Never mind that. Where's that car of Gordon's now? In his garage. I guess I heard his wife. Listen. What? I got a hunch. There's some fingerprints of mine in that car. Red, we got to wipe them off of there, or maybe we'll burn in that chair, too. Come on, let's go. Commissioner. I'm sorry, Miss Lane, but I don't see what we can do. But I tell you, Paul Gordon is innocent. The men who committed the crime are free. Where did you get this information? Oh, that I can't tell you. Uh, Miss Lane, Paul Gordon was convicted of murder by due processes of law. Tonight he pays for his crime in the electric chair. If the police listened to every crank who came in here claiming new evidence... But they can't send an innocent man to the chair. They can't do it. No, but they can send a guilty man. And according to the evidence, Paul Gordon is guilty. Commissioner, suppose that uh, afterwards, when it's too late, they discover that Paul Gordon wasn't guilty after all. And suppose I testify that the police refused to listen. Well, what do you want me to do? If it's within reason, I'll do that. I want you to send some men to that garage. I want you to catch the guilty men and see that justice is done. Poor Nick. I'm frightened. Brace up, Gordon. It won't be long. Get your chin up, buddy. My turn next. Go <laughs> so long, fella. Good luck. Goodbye, kid. Where, where is he? He promised to save me. Who, son? I don't know. It was a voice. Just a voice. He, he said he'd stand by. Oh, steady, old man. Don't lose your nerve, Gordon. Open it up, men. No. Uh, 
will go in there. I didn't do it. I didn't kill him. I didn't, I tell you. He said he'd stand by. He wouldn't wait. Only a few minutes more. Just a few minutes. Don't take me in there yet. Now, now wait, please, please. He said, please wait. Easy, Gordon. I'm sorry. But if I go in that door, I'm gone. It'll be too late then. Take him in, men. No, 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 wait. Oh, where are you? Where's that voice? Where did he go? Please come back. Warden. Warden. Wait a minute, men. Well, what is it? Warden, wait. The governor's on the phone. He says, stop. Hold up everything. What'd the governor say? He wants to talk to you on the phone, Warden. He says, don't electrocute this man. They've got the other two guys in Gordon's garage trying to rub out some fingerprints. One of them was shot and died. But before he died, he spilled it all. This fellow didn't do it. It was a frame-up. Oh, thank God he got me in time. Gordon. Gordon. Did you hear that? Yes. Yes, I heard it. That voice said he would. I'm free. You're not going to electrocute me, Warden. You're not. No. No, Gordon. The governor saved you. Governor? No. It wasn't the governor. It was somebody else. Or something else. What do you mean, Gordon? Who saved you? I don't know. It was a voice. Just a voice. I never really saw him. He was only a shadow. Before another adventure with the shadow draws to a close, John Barclay, Blue Coal's heating expert, would like to say a few words. Mr. Barclay. Good evening, friends. If you're interested in having a more comfortable home this winter, be sure to call your local Blue Coal dealer. For he's more than a fuel dealer. He's an authority on modern home heating. You see, for more than six years, I've trained servicemen for these Blue Coal dealers. These men, known as John Barclay servicemen, have added thousands of families like yours to enjoy a greater degree of comfort and to save heating dollars, too. I'm going to read part of a letter typical of many received from satisfied customers using Blue Coal and John Barclay service. I quote in part, The service rendered by your John Barclay servicemen has been invaluable to me. We were burning a ton of coal a week and having great difficulty in keeping our fire going throughout the night. Your serviceman made me many helpful suggestions regarding the proper way to regulate the furnace and recommended the use of blue coal. We not only reduced the amount of fuel consumed to one half, but actually got more heat. Think of that, friends. In this case, a family cut their fuel bill in half simply by following the advice of a John Barclay serviceman whose services were given without charge. Now, you don't have to buy blue coal to benefit from John Barclay service. No matter what kind of fuel you're using or from whom you've been buying, if you have any heating problems, consult the blue coal dealer. He'll be very glad to place his John Barclay service man at your disposal to solve your problems. I thank you. The story you have just heard is copyrighted by The Shadow Magazine. Real names are never used in these shadow stories. <laughs> the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs>
Welcome back. This show featured 22-year-old Orson Welles in the title role. In addition, it also featured Bill Johnstone as Paul Gordon. Johnstone would later replace Welles beginning in Season 2 as the title character for the next five seasons. It is also interesting to note that in the opening intro, the voice of the shadow, including the maniacal laughter and the signature line, Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men, was not performed by Wells. Instead, it was performed by Frank Reddick, who provided the voice of the shadow in 1932. Reddick later played the doomed CBS reporter Carl Phillips in the 1938 radio production of The War of the Worlds, under the direction of Orson Welles. Well, that's going to do it for our program. You can like us on Facebook at I Love Old Time Radio. Follow us on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. Comments and questions can be directed to our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so at iloveoldtimeradio.com forward slash donate. Tune in tomorrow as we present the 1947 situation comedy, My Friend Irma. And next Monday, the shadow will return with Murder by the Dead. For I Love Old Time Radio.com, this is Virtual Vinny.